You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Appreciate you joining me. New week. It is Monday, August 9th, and uh, TCU football practice has started on Friday. I'll let you hear a good portion of the Gary Patterson press conference, and that was from Thursday, Friday. Things got kicked off, and there was practice over the weekend. There was some open media availability uh, from that practice on Saturday, and I thought I'd bring up something in segment one that I've kind of been mulling over for the past week or so, honestly, but it's been ramped up just because of what I'm hearing, uh, the rumblings around camp. I'm starting to wonder, and I'm not ready to go all the way there yet because I, I still think there's a number of unproven guys at this position or players that need to show uh a leap like we expect them to take a leap but we still need to see it happen in year two uh, or in year three of starting whatever the case might be but i i think there's enough evidence and there's enough chatter to say that other than corner is wide receiver the strongest position group on this roster just from a talent and in a depth perspective excuse me uh, obviously, Quentin Johnson's the headliner, and that's a question in itself because as great as Quentin was towards the end of the season, he's going to get a lot of attention this year. He's a, a monster of a, a specimen, like just frame, size, ability to go up and get 50-50 balls, but we expect him to be really good, and he's there on the outside. He's gotten stronger over the offseason, obviously has had a chance to polish his game a little bit, learn more about his craft, so that's a, you know... A, a place where you think you're in really good hands. It's it's a solid place to start. He's going to be sort of the cornerstone of the offense outside of Zach Evans. Then on the other side, potentially Savion Williams, who didn't really do anything last year outside of kickoff returns. But again, big, physical, huge wide receiver that can go up and get the ball. So you have two guys on the outside like that. J.D. Spielman's coming back. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But... I mean, Spielman was a, a dude that he was the best wide receiver at Nebraska not too long ago. Um, so can he do some work, you know, on, on the inside? Tay Barber, a very productive wide receiver of the last few years. We're hearing a lot about Quincy Brown, who uh, is essentially a freshman. He's kind of reclassifying. And Quincy was a four-star recruit. Big deal coming out of high school. I believe he had an Alabama offer. I mean, he's he's another player that there's there's a lot of potential there. Um, they moved over Marcel Brooks, which I was really skeptical about that, uh, and I still am to a certain extent because, okay, you played that position in high school, that's great. Marcel's a former five-star um, recruit. He was a big-time player, big-time athlete. So you want to say in a vacuum, yeah, he can pick up quickly. Like he can pick up this position quickly and get down the field and make plays. That should be easy enough. But you still have to see it. Um, Mikael Barkley, that heard some good things about him. That's another dude in the slot that can make some plays. So top to bottom, this is a very deep group. Now corner 
is the spot where they're most experienced. You have a guy like Travis Hodges Tomlinson coming back. You also have players coming back from injury like Noah Daniels and Keon Stewart. That once everybody gets healthy and gets there, um, they're going to be good. And you have some young players behind them that are exciting as well. That wide receiver position, though, I just I think there's a ton of potential there, a ton of depth. And if they can find a way to get in a better rhythm throwing the football, which, of course, starts with being able to block, and also a big part of that is guys getting open. That wasn't exactly something TCU wide receivers were great at last year. Then we're talking about a group that could do some special things. Um, and, you know, back in 2014, 2015, when this team was contending at a high level, they were super deep at wideout. Josh Doxson was the guy that got all the headlines, but you had a speedster and Colby Liston be on the other side of him. Uh, Ty Slanino was a great player out of the slot. Deontay Gray was fantastic making plays. Um, you know, Kevontae Turpin was sort of a young guy in that mix in 2015. They just had a number of dudes and, and guys with different skill sets. So you didn't just have big physical wide receivers. You had a couple of those, but you also had uh, players that could play in the slot players that you can kind of flank out in, in um, the backfield, that kind of situation. Cam, Eccles, Cam Eccles-Looper is another name that comes to mind. I mean, he was a really good wideout, and you could use him in some different packages because of his versatility and his ability to make plays. Bottom line is they just had a lot of guys that could go up and get the football. And once that offense started cooking, the ball started getting spread around. Um, last season – Honestly, that really wasn't the case. Darius Davis, another, like, I totally forgot about him. But, again, speed, 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 kick return guy. Started to make an impact on the offense more as the year went on. Um, they have a lot of athletes and a lot of players that could potentially make things happen. And, you know, I'm not going to go as far as to say they're going to be counting on Marcel Brooks this year. We have to see what what he's got going on once he actually hits the field. But it's the, the point being, it's just another name. It's another weapon. It's another player that teams potentially have to account for as the year goes on because they have so many playmakers at this wide receiver position. So as we get closer to the season, I'm really liking where this offense could be. Now, it, it all hinges on um, blocking better. And then what does Max Duggan do? with that extra time in the pocket? Like, what is he actually able to get done with a cleaner pocket, with more time to step up, with more time to survey the field? That's a huge question as well. Um, and that'll all be answered soon. But I, I really like the idea of what they have going on offense at that wide receiver position. So that'll be something fun to watch over the next few days. We'll come back and uh, hit segment number two. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you. And, uh, yeah, let's hit segment two here and kind of close out Monday. The rest of this week we'll try to have plenty of football content as we are only a few weeks away from this Duquesne game, as crazy as it seems. Football is right around the corner, and we, of course, are excited about it. Um, you know, if and when Gary does some more press conferences, I'll try to pass along that audio to you. Hopefully that was helpful. 
on Friday. I know um, it's not always easy to find where that is, so I'll try to dig it up for you when I can. But hitting on something in segment two that I haven't mentioned, or I don't think I have. If I did, it was just sort of a one-off thing in passing. Uh, this report came out late last week. TCU Athletic Director Jeremiah Donati um, apparently had an opportunity to interview for the Missouri Athletic Director job and decided, no, I'm good. I don't want to do that. He declined that interview. Drew Davidson uh, from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram reported it, and he does a great job covering that beat. To me, this this is odd. Like, just the news coming out is odd. I don't really know what the point is unless it's from Donati's team and they're trying to uh, show that he's loyal to TCU, which is, you know, fine. I mean, that's good in, in uh, theory, at least. I don't have a strong opinion about Jeremiah Donati. I, I know some people really uh, are already out on him. I don't think he's done enough from a personnel perspective. I realize that there's a lot that athletic directors do as far as fundraising, facilities, uh, trying to keep up with the Joneses, I guess you could say. And honestly, I'm just not super well-versed in that. Like, I I don't know who they're hitting up for fundraising. I'm not real privy to how that process works. So I don't speak on it much. What I care about with athletic directors, honestly, is are you able to, uh, you know, stay competitive keep things at a level within the athletic department that people want to be there. That's an attractive place to be. And uh, who are you hiring? Like when it comes down to it, what hires are you making? And Donati's really just kind of stayed in house on most of those things so far. Like the baseball job coming open was the biggest opportunity. So uh, to, at this point in his tenure, for him to go out and prove I'm the guy that can go poach somebody or I'm the guy that can get someone that would really move the needle. And the decision in a lot of ways I think was already made for him going with Kirk Sarlis. And that could turn out to be the best thing for this program. I think there's a lot of positive signs, especially given the fact that uh, if anybody has, there's been very few guys have transferred. Everybody's pretty much staying put and ready to run it back with Kirk. But that wasn't a long and hard coaching search that the athletic department had to go through. Um, you could say this is a sign as far as stability for TCU, right? Like he's looking at this situation and uh, even though Missouri is kind of in a weird place and I don't know, they almost feel like a cast off right now. That is an SEC job. I mean, that's a, a, a step up, I would think, from an, an image perspective, excuse me. And he's sticking around. Now, how much was he in the mix? I don't know. I mean, was this an easy thing to just say, yeah, I probably wasn't going to get this job anyway, so I'm just going to let everybody know that I'm not taking it, that I'm not interested in taking it, and it looks like a win for me. I can't answer that question. Um, I do believe that maybe that is a good sign. I don't know what TCU ends up doing. I, I don't see, as we sit here, I'm recording this on Sunday, you're listening to it on Monday. I don't really see a scenario where the, the eight teams in the Big 12 remain together. It could happen, but I just I think other teams are also going to defect. There's already some rumors that Kansas is looking at the Big 10. I don't know if the Big 10 is interested in bringing anyone else, like, say, Iowa State, up that way. Um, everyone's going to 
kind of look out for themselves. So I, I would be pretty surprised if the Big 12 stays together. Um, it might still exist in some form or fashion, but I, I feel like it's going to be with a pretty different new look group moving forward. This is an important moment for him, though. I mean, he really hasn't had a chance to prove what he can do in these types of situations where you need a strong leader, where you need somebody who can get people in the room and say, hey, we, wanna, we want to have a seat at the table. Here's why we deserve that. Um, and as much as you'd love to say, well, everybody will just realize TCU is a, a valuable brand, that the team is good uh, from a football and basketball perspective, or they're good in football. They're trying to get better in basketball, I guess I should say. Baseball program is very good. There's some other ancillary sports that are starting to find their way, and they need to be kept in the Power Five. A lot of this comes down to politicking and who knows who and, you know, what the power dynamics are. So how does he handle that? I don't know, but I think it's going to be the biggest um, part of, of this scenario and the biggest thing that ends up speaking to whatever his legacy ends up being here at TCU. So Jeremiah Donati, he says, hey, I'm not going to take this job at Mizzou. I'm not going to interview at Mizzou. I'm here. It's safe. Um, again, not really sure what the end game for telling everyone that was, but it's out there. It's public knowledge now, and for whatever reason, he wanted people to know that he wasn't going anywhere. And maybe it is just as simple as trying to show some strength, trying to show kind of a united front of, hey, maybe the chips are down a little bit when it comes to realignment at the moment but we're not giving up. We're going to kind of dig our heels in and try to find a way out of this like we did in the past. Uh, and I want to be the one that leads the charge on that. And that would be huge for TCU. And hopefully that's the case. Uh, but yeah, he's not going to interview for that Mizzou job. So there is sort of a quasi update on the realignment saga that continues to drag on. I did want to tell you uh, before we go here about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious protein bar. Uh, you know, lately I've been getting the German chocolate flavor. That's my favorite. If you polled me today, Built Bar is fantastic. It's only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 carbs. I have a few in my desk at work because I'm in an office job now. My schedule's kind of all over the place. I'm still trying to figure out when the best time is to take a break, take lunch, those types of things. So Built Bar uh, has been really convenient in the last few days because I'm just able to grab it, have a snack if I need to, and it'll tie me over for a while. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get 20% off your next order. Another one of our great sponsors on Locked On Horn Frogs is BetOnline.ag. Football season is coming fast, folks. College football in the NFL is going to be here before you know it, so make sure you have a chance to make some money with Lee Sterling and BetOnline.ag. He's going to have all the latest lines all the latest intel, info, injury reports, injury news. You're never going to miss uh, a bet because you're not informed enough on betonline.ag. Again, that's betonline.ag. Give it a go today. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs. Appreciate you joining me as we kick off the week. We'll be back tomorrow. A lot of football talk this week. I'm excited. It's happening. It's coming. Uh, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. For Steven and for Locked on Horn Frogs, Good night, good afternoon, whenever it is that you're tuning in.